Welcome back into the Voice of Reason. Thanks for hanging out with us today. As always, always a pleasure to have you along for the ride. Really honored and excited to have this guy in the program. It's been way too long since we've chatted with him, but I'm excited to get him back on here. He is the former congressman from right here in the 4th Congressional District in the great state of Kansas, former CIA director, former Secretary of State for the United States, and author of his new book, Never Give an Inch, Fighting for the America I Love. It's Mr. Mike Pompeo. Secretary, how are you, my friend? I'm so good. And it's great to be back with you. Thanks for having me on today. Oh, it's so good to chat with you. It's been so long since we've chatted. I got to tell you, between your book, what's going on in Washington, D.C., we're starting off 2023 with kind of a bang, aren't we? <laughs> quite a year so far, and it has been quite a two years, too, watching President Biden undo a oh, significant man. piece of the good work we did for the American people. So, yes, lots to chat about. Yeah, there's definitely lots to talk about. I mean, the Biden administration, first off the bat, as soon as they got in there, so many executive orders that reversed the Trump policies. I know you talk about a lot of this in your book, but talk about some of the stuff you worked on specifically. You worked with the Trump administration, obviously, with the CIA and with the Secretary of State's office. And where we're at today and kind of the differences, because we're starting to see quite a bit of a difference between the two admins. Well, I'll give you the first one, maybe the most significant uh, when I was Secretary of State, and I write about this and never give an inch, when I was a Secretary of State, I went to Mexico, made the case to the Mexican government uh, that they weren't going to send caravans up through our border, and we turned the magnet off. We we figured out how to control our southern border and to protect American sovereignty and the American people. And within, goodness, any, a couple of hours of President Biden being in office, they ripped the Band-Aid off what had become known as Remain in Mexico. When they did that, you can see the result. Uh, some 4 million people over the last 24 months coming across our border illegally. Uh, wait, 3, 3 million plus people in Kansas, 4 million illegal immigrants in 24 months. Really quite stunning after we had that resolved. And you know, the other one is the Middle East. Uh, the Obama administration had cuddled up to the Iranians, the world's largest state sponsor of terror. Yeah. And we flipped the script there. Uh, we built out peace agreements between Israel and four nations. We defended our friend and ally in the nation of Israel, and we made the risk that some kid from Kansas who signs up to be a Marine or a sailor or a soldier uh, will ever have to go risk their lives in the Middle East. That, that was fundamentally better, decent for America, and I'm really proud of what we did. Yeah, amen to that. Regarding the immigration issue, isn't it sad that we have all these quote-unquote immigration laws at the federal level to not allow just people to waltz across the border and make sure that we're secure and safe, and yet it all hinges, it seems like, over the last year or so, the debate on Title 42 regarding COVID-19 vaccinations and the spread of an illness. That's what's holding off this, the mass flood of individuals at the border outside of all the laws that we already have on the books. I find that quite fascinating. It is fascinating that the Biden administration is seized on this Title 42 thing. It is illegal immigration. It is called that for a reason. It was illegal long before COVID was ever known about. And so uh, to, to turn to that as sort of your policy tool, or as Vice President Harris says, uh, we want to go send a bunch of money to Central America to solve, quote, the root problems, uh, the root causes, end of quote. Uh, it's just That's just fundamentally not speaking the truth to the American people. We, we know how to secure our southern border. We did it for the last two, two and a half years of the Trump administration. We can get back to it again. 
We simply need to return to the set of policies that I worked on and that President Trump delivered for the American people. Well, yeah, and it seems like it's gotten bipartisan support. I mean, obviously, we had Myra Flores become a congresswoman for a short stint down on the border as the first Mexican-born naturalized woman to be a congresswoman in the United States. We have Hispanics all over the country that want the border sealed because they're tired of the cartels coming up here and causing issues as well. It's a common-sense issue, but yet I don't think Democrats quite grasp it if they even show up to the border in the first place. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, You hear from... Uh, Mexican uh, Americans all the time. They don't want this Ill- Ill- illegal immigration either. Frankly, it hurts the least amongst us the most. Yeah. Uh, this administration simply refuses to do any basic enforcement responsibility. It is, in fact, their uh, duty to get it right. You, you, you nailed it. Um, they are not even trying. So this, this now borders on intentional, and it is really dangerous. Not just the people who are coming across, uh, but what they're bringing, whether that's fentanyl or human trafficking. Or in a handful of cases, we've seen people on the terror watch list get into our country. Uh, we, we know how to fix this problem. We simply need to get back to what we know works. Yeah, amen to that. Let's go abroad for a second. You had mentioned the Middle East. What's the biggest threat in your opinion right now? Is it Iran? Is it the Middle East, the tearing up of the Iranian deals that you guys had worked on under the Trump administration? Or is it the ongoing conflict with Russia and the Ukraine right now, with Russia threatening nuclear weapons, with holding hostage half the energy and the oil production that they have? What's the threat to the United States right now, do you think? So those are all serious, and in Never Give an Inch uh, that came out yesterday, um, I talk about how we dealt with each of those. It's, uh, it's remarkable how much we've fallen back in just 24 months. Um, but I would rank as threats from outside uh, the greatest by far as the Chinese Communist Party. And it's something I worked on personally. Uh, I spend a good part of the book telling some great stories, some fun stories, but some serious stuff about the fact that the Chinese Communist Party is inside the gate. This is not just about Beijing or Shanghai or Xinjiang. This is about Houston, Texas, where they were running the largest spying operation ever in the history of the United States. This is about Wichita State University or the University of Kansas or K-State, where the Chinese Communist Party has enormous influence by having so many of their students there and so much of our research money is dependent on China. This, this isn't a problem that is far away. It's a problem that affects every American every day. The Chinese Communist Party, and he wants to change the way America lives. We simply can't let that happen. No, amen to that. We have legislation working down in the state of Oklahoma right now regarding the uh, Chinese government in owning farming land. I know that's a major, major issue that the Department of Agriculture is also working on. Is that a threat that we need to be concerned about right now as well, do you think? Every place that China can get inside of our country and manipulate and propagandize presents risk. So, yes. Not only are they buying farmland, uh, which impacts food and security, but you should note the places they're trying to buy that land are often near American national security facilities, think places like Fort Riley or uh, Fort Benning or uh, Fort Hood, Texas. Uh, Imagine just for a second, by the way, this is how foolish this is. Imagine for a second that, Andy, that you or someone on your listening to your show said, I'm going to go buy some land in China near a Chinese military facility. (laughs) Right, right. It's, no, you laugh because it's it's ludicrous that they wouldn't permit it to happen. And yet the United States, we've turned the other cheek. We've allowed the Chinese communists uh, to run us over. They've destroyed hundreds of thousands of American jobs, uh, good aerospace manufacturing jobs, good agriculture jobs. We can't let that keep happening. We, we know how to fix these things. Uh, I worked on that in the Trump administration. There's an awful lot left to do. It's going to take a conservative president 
six, eight years to go get that completely right and keep us safe and secure and prosperous here at home. Yeah, it's a work in progress. We're talking with former Secretary of State uh, Mike Pompeo, also author of the book, The Never Give an Inch of Fighting for the America I Love. Uh, Mr. Secretary, I have to ask you, obviously, with it being in the news lately, how many classified documents do you have in your uh, garage next to your Corvette? Well, I think it's zero, and I can assure you I don't have a Corvette. (laughs) There is that. Uh, This is madness. We've never seen this before. We had the Obama administration that had massive amounts of documents come home with them. Obviously, Joe Biden, as vice president, had massive amounts of documents come home with him, many of them classified. When did this become an issue all of a sudden when the Trump administration was working with the National Archives on what was okay, what was not okay, put additional security measures on the documents he had, and then still get a raid from the FBI to come in and take everything and talk about how evil he is for taking these documents home? Oh, goodness. Well, I have a couple thoughts. Um, I dealt with tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of classified documents when I served on the Benghazi Committee, when I served on the House Intelligence Committee, and then as CIA Director and Secretary of State. So I know this issue. Um, I had a secure facility in my home. There were secure documents or classified documents in that secured facility in a safe inside that secure room. I don't know how these documents got to these places. We need to get to the bottom of that. By the way, we should do it in a way that is not political. Whether they got there uh, from Vice President Pence or President Biden or President Trump or whomever, we all have, those of us dealing with classified information, have a responsibility to protect this information. And so there's still a lot to know. Last thought, we need to make sure that they don't just raid and conduct searches against one party. Yeah. That, that's just indecent. It's political. It's, it's weaponizing our intelligence and collection agencies. Um, having led the Central Intelligence Agency, I never permitted that to happen. I was doing America's work, not the Republican Party's work, but the American people's work. The Justice Department needs to behave that way, and the FBI needs to behave that way every day and always. Amen to that. I mean, I know you cleaned up a lot of the Central Intelligence Agency and worked a lot on that because it is between you guys and the FBI. I mean, it was the law enforcement agencies at the federal level. When did we start seeing them get turned around against us to be militarized against the American people in this way? Yeah, you know, my, my observation at CIA when I came in was my predecessor was a fellow named John Brennan, and he had deeply politicized the CIA. He he, he didn't have them spying. He he just, he had them he had them engaged in diversity, equity, and inclusion training, and uh, he, he wasn't rewarding people who were actually out helping us defeat our adversaries. And then Director Comey at the FBI, well, we, we know. Uh, we know he was out telling wolf tales about this Steele dossier um, I suffered a Secretary of State under the Russia hoax. Uh, we, we need those institutions. I, I know a lot of folks who are young FBI officers doing narcotics work and undercover work. Now, these are great young people, men and women. Um, we need to support them. They need to return to their traditional law enforcement function, and we need to take the politics out of how we enforce America's laws. It's that simple. Yeah, amen to that. Let's bring it to the domestic front here in Washington, D.C. Obviously, with your book, Never Give an Inch, uh, as you mentioned, we need a conservative president to unravel some of the Biden administration and what they've done already just in their first term and going into the second one here as well. But now that we have the Republicans' control of the House of Representatives, it was a hard battle, especially with the Speaker of the House vote was Kevin McCarthy, which I found absolutely fascinating and I absolutely loved it. But do you think they can do enough to slow the Democrat agenda from the Senate and the presidency with only having control of the House of Representatives right now? Oh, goodness. No, they can't do enough that'll satisfy you or me. But they can do a lot. Uh, they can uh, classify documents as a good example. They begin investigating that. Uh, the issue of how it's the case that we had former intelligence officials 
suppressed Hunter Biden's laptop by saying this was Russian disinformation when they most assuredly knew it was not Russian disinformation. Uh, there's lots of things that they can go uncover. They can share that with the American people. And then, goodness, what are we now? Uh, you know, 20 months away, 21 months away from a big election in November where yeah. I hope we can win governor's races and the United States Senate and the White House back from these folks who are undermining the traditional Judeo-Christian values of our country. I agree. Well, my concern is with Republicans owning just the House of Representatives. The big concern, especially with Kevin McCarthy, is like your book, Never Give an Inch, is will Republicans be able to compromise and work, or will they stick to their ground? I mean, we have a debt ceiling. We're three weeks into the month of January, Mr. Secretary, and we're already out of money for this fiscal year until the end of September, <laughs> and we could see a potential government shutdown by the summertime. I don't know whether Republicans could hold their ground long enough. So they need to stick to their guns. Uh, it's tough. Um, I, I was there a couple times when you had a Democrat president uh, that not only had the power that came with that, but the power of the mainstream media as well. Um, but I, I pray that the things that they told their constituents they would do when they ran for office in the House of Representatives, I hope they'll stick to them. I hope they'll defend them. If they do, they will be rewarded for that. Yes. And more important, more important than what happens to them, America will be rewarded for their behavior. I'm counting on them. I saw a great statement from Speaker McCarthy this morning uh, where he told Swalwell and Schiff, two congressmen from California, they could be on the Intelligence Committee. It was strong. He was right. I hope we continue to see that kind of leadership from him and from the Republicans in Congress. I could be hopeful. I love it. It's Secretary Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State for the state, uh, for the United States, also former CIA director and author of the book, Never Give an Inch, Fighting for the America I Love. The last question for you, and it's a question that everybody always asks you, but I have to ask you myself. You mentioned we need a strong conservative uh, president in 2024. Donald Trump's announced. It's rumored that Ron DeSantis is going to announce as well. You are probably the smartest guy in there if you did throw your hat in the ring. Is that still a possibility for you? Oh, I, I don't know about being the smartest guy, uh, but I, I'll say this, Susan, uh, those, those are our friends in Kansas all know, Susan and I are praying, we're thinking, we're trying to figure this out. If we ultimately conclude that we have something that is unique and special that we can offer the American people, we will get in the race. We'll go make our case in Iowa, and New Hampshire, and South Carolina, and all across the country, and then we'll let the American people sort it out. Uh, we, we don't know precisely what we're going to do yet, Andy, but we do know that you know, from the days we taught fifth grade Sunday school there in Wichita, Kansas, to uh, today, we care deeply about this country, and we we're, we're going to stay in that fight. I don't know if it'll be an elected office again, but we care deeply about these things. America's been so good to us, so much opportunity. We want that for the next generation, too. Hey, living the American dream. I bet it is kind of nice being out of public office right now and fighting from the sidelines and kind of gearing up for the next move, though, isn't it? Without all the restraints of government telling you what you can and can't do. <laughs> It's it's been it's been nice to be out of the the center of the maelstrom for a couple of months, but it's also been difficult to watch this administration undo so much of what we know was good for the American people. Mm, that is true, Mr. Secretary. It's such an honor to talk to you again, my friend. You've been a great friend of the show when you were a congressman all the way back here in Kansas. We love talking to you so many times. Good luck with the ventures. Good luck with the book. We got to get you back on and chat again real soon. Thank you, sir. We'll do that. Bless you. Have a good day. <laughs>